one. Guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. I can't believe we're actually coming up for a year that we've been doing this pretty yeah. consistently. In February, I think it is. Um, I think January, February. I'm sure the first one we did was January. Yeah, I think we're what well, we're needing like forty episodes now. I don't even see the episode number at the beginning now because I've got no fucking idea. I can't remember. Lost count. <laughs> Lost count. But today we want to talk about a really good subject, and it's all around the fact that you'll never stop wanting this goal for yourself. And I've seen this so many times inside the industry, especially with people who what I like to call coach hop. From coach to coach, always blaming the coach and the process and the information and never actually acknowledge their own application or their own participation inside of the coaching program itself. Because I think everyone knows, or if they're at a stage in their life that they don't know yet, you always get just as much as you give. So if you participate in all parts of anything that you do, whether that be something in work, your relationships, a coaching process, organized sports, you're always going to get more out of it. You're going to have better connections with the people in there. You're going to have better results. You're probably no doubt going to be a higher performer. You're going to have better relationships. Like everything that comes with your participation is something that I think every single person is chasing, every single person is wanting, but there's always like an obstacle in their way stopping them from wanting to really step into that unknown and uncertain position of actually participating in it, you know? hundred percent. And I think the concept of you only get what you give, I think almost takes, it takes quite a long time to learn because I think that when I watch people who are, who people who coach Hopper, who are convinced that it was the wrong coach or the wrong process or the wrong approach, these are the people who are also still really susceptible to the, like the, they're looking for the golden tickets. <clears throat> so they're looking for that oh my God, that's the thing. Like they're looking for the piece of information. They're looking for that piece of the puzzle that makes it all fit together and makes it all make sense so that they can then start. And it's like the reality is, is that you won't find that piece of the puzzle until you've started. Like you don't know what parts are missing until you've completed the rest of the fucking puzzle. Like you don't start looking for that one piece. And that these are the people who I see who are still really susceptible to myths that are peddled around the industry who are still really, really susceptible to gimmicks and fads and like maybe if I cut out carbs and maybe if I cut out sugar and maybe if I fucking heal my gut or maybe if I fucking stop drinking milk, like, and don't get me wrong, for some people, these things will have a positive impact, right? Like, there's no doubt that if you have an intolerance to dairy and you stop drinking milk, that's probably going to like be a benefit to you. There's no doubt that if you reduce the amount of sugar that's in your diet, that might feel like a benefit to you, right? Like, and you start eating for a better nutritional profile. Like, all of these things will probably add benefit, but none of them is going to be the one thing that transforms the way that you live. Yeah. And <clears throat> I watch people do this all the time, looking for the thing that changes it. And like the thing that changes it does not exist. Like there is not a thing that you can grab off the shelf and plug it in and be like, oh my God, this is the thing that's going to change the game for me. Like there are multiple compounding things that will change the game for you. But ultimately what you give to yourself and where you intentionally place your energy, your focus, your activity, like all of those things will mold together into one bigger piece of the puzzle and like I remember you saying this to me <laughs> because 
me and my pal, shout out Callie, because she's a, a loyal podcast listener. And uh, we were laughing because we're both like very easily influenced by supplements, right? So like, and I know you make fun of me for this all the time and all, right? But like, <laughs> I'm, do, I'm a supplement whore, right? I don't know what it is about them. I think they definitely, now that I live my life healthily let's say or I live a life where I value my health I do genuinely feel a positive impact about yep. them right but <clears throat> I'm a human being like everybody else and I'm susceptible to influencer marketing like everybody else so we were laughing I sent her a picture the other day all these fucking vitamins and tablets and a fucking green drink a drink that looks like fucking pond scum full of fucking all these different supplements and I'm like why like this is probably at the point at which it's gone too far we were having a laugh about it but like previously I would have seen all of those things as this is the ticket to my success this is the thing that's going to stop all of my problems and it's like actually like they benefit and aid the kind of lifestyle that I'm already living right and you're like oh my god I've been saying this to you for four fucking years and you're only now hearing me um but it's only when you come through the other side and you learn you learn all of the mistakes that you have made that have compounded to where you are now and like I know we speak about this all the time and I think sometimes people don't really understand or appreciate the nature of how important this is but like I am a product now of all of the biggest failures of my life like I have been in this journey for such a long 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 time and like if you were to look at me for where I am now like you would probably like dependent on your subjective view of me you would think what a failure like yeah. she's been fucking four years at this and she's still not at the end or you would go fucking healthy where she started she's a hell of a lot further along but like I'm the product of all of my failures and I think that people's relationship with failure is always the thing that stops them from creating success because they become so emotionally attached to the failures that they never get the they never get to extract the data that says what is the thing that caused this and I, I shout about this all the time and I think people are fucking sick listening to me say it but like by encouraging yourself to reflect objectively on what you do like you can make immediate change like straight away like I think was it last week I felt myself like hungrier and I felt myself craving more, but I was also on my period. And for me, I don't really get cravings in the lead up to my period the way a lot of people would. It's when I'm on my period that I feel that increase in hunger. In previous years, what I would have done is beaten myself up about it, tried to restrict, tried not to adapt to it. And then last week I was like, you know what? This isn't actually going to go anywhere. Like no matter how much I want to ignore this, or pretend that this isn't existing. This isn't actually going to go anywhere. I'm training like very consistently, heavily. My movements all remaining the same. I'm still in a deficit, even if I increase these calories slightly. And I've played this game long enough <laughs> that I know that if I don't respond to this feeling, it's going to come and bite me in the arse in the sense of overeating or turning to food for comfort. Yeah. So I used the data to then influence how I behaved and then had another successful week under my belt, instead of saying to myself, no, you still need to get everything done, you still need to eat, eat everything, like, exactly spot on, you need to just ignore the hunger. Like, I have lived with a lifelong binge eating disorder. Ignoring hunger is not, not something good. I'm capable of. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> right? not at all. 
But it's just, it's one of these things where only because I've failed at this so many times have I taken the data from every time I've failed to find a system that I now default to that is increase my calories by two to 300 a day to curb my appetite at the end. Yeah. And I think, like, how many people do we see never create the success that they want for themselves because they don't use failure to their advantage? Oh, 100%. And just on this topic and this situation as well, like, obviously, we we have these discussions with our female clients all the time. But I remember one standout one for me, I was working with a girl on the gym floor years ago, and she dropped over like three stone. And it was so cyclical. It was fucking crazy with like the, the size of her drops with her weight. So she wouldn't lose weight for three weeks. And then on week four, she would drop like five, six, That's me. seven pounds. And you know, my wee sister's actually like that as well, because she'll have like sustained or she'll be like up a pound, up two pounds, maybe down half a pound. Then she'll have like a four or five pound drop every kind of four to five weeks. And obviously people's uh, or women's cycles are, are obviously a little bit different, individual dependent. Um, and she at that point was subjectively reflecting all the time saying, it's the fact that you're putting my calories up on my period week is stopping me from losing weight until... That happened for like three months. She'd lost like nearly two stone. And then she was like, I kind of see now why this is so important. And people forget that it's not a race to get to where your goal is as, as fast as possible. It's actually looking at what's actually going to obstruct your ability to get to the goal so that we can mitigate that. Because obviously, if you then overeat one week, you then feel the guilt, you feel the shame, it can carry into the next week. Whereas if we go tactically, you're allowed more food this week. Like give yourself permission to have it. Then it's not going to carry over. And if anything, You'll know what it's like probably now as well because you do have a better handle on food. When you do start to eat more food, you actually kind of look forward to go back to eating less food a little oh, bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not got that emotional tie to it. It's more so that I know I had to do that for a particular reason to serve the purpose of what my body was telling me that I needed. And now I'm going to go back to what I feel I was doing extremely well at and I was enjoying it. And that little reset has actually put me in a really good frame of mind to go, right, I'm going to drop the hammer and I'm going to fucking push. Yeah, 100%. And I think it, it, it almost like coming now from a place that I never thought I would be in where I don't have an emotional attachment to food, that doesn't then also mean that I can have access to food in abundance and be fine with it. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is something that I think quite a lot of people miss. Like the other, was it yesterday? I went and get shopping. And um, I always now will have like one to two sweet things per day, right, within my calories, because now that I can have like food available in the house and know that I won't binge on it. Um, but again, I'm not buying an extreme abundance of that food. So I was in Morrison's and we will always have like ice lollies. So I'll have like a Magnum or, you know, those Oreo ice creams that are dipped in chocolate, right? They're my okay. fucking right so they're around like 200 calories and I can have like one of them a day within the rest of my food I genuinely enjoy it and it stops me infantilizing those kinds of foods and saying oh my god I can have it at the weekend like if I want to have like that thing at one o'clock on a Tuesday I'm going to have it at one o'clock on a Tuesday which is something I learned for you and um I was in Morrison's and I seen they had I used to work in Morrison's cake shop a million years ago and they had they'd just put out fresh donuts that was the issue then like Right, exactly. I used to eat like I know this is I know this is off track, but I was telling Paul this the other day when I was at the height of my binge eating. Right, I, it was when I worked in Morrison. Well, I've been at several heights of my binge eating. This was one of many heights of binge yep. eating, and um, we used to get like in the profiteroles and this huge packet. Right, the pyramid type type ones that came like in the box. No, 
we used to make like Sundays out of them, yeah. right? They used to come in this massive, like I'm talking like a two kilo bag of profiteroles, right? And I swear to God, we used to go and get them out of the freezer, let them defrost, and I used to stand and eat them out the fridge. Like that's a sackable offence, right? <laughs> like uh, to be fair, this was like 15 years ago, so like I can tell you now. Um, and I honestly used to stand and eat them out the fridge, in the fridge, and like my pals used to work in ovens next door. So ovens would put us on like chicken bites and wedgies and fucking wings and all that. And I would bring fucking profiteroles and cakes and we would just sit and fucking eat all this shit that we weren't meant to be eating. Um, but anyway, that's that's an aside. So Morrison's Cake Shop was always triggered me and normally I would avoid it. Um, but I went by, they just put fresh donuts and immediately I was like, oh my God, I can't buy fucking donuts. I'll eat all five. Yeah. And then I was like, right, hold on a minute. Let's look back objectively at the data. When was the last time I overate? The last time I overate is when I come back for holiday because I still, that's my thing that I want to work on and focus on next year because we set intentions for how we want to behave. And next year, that's my main intention is to focus and work on more of the post-holiday like rebound. So that was the last time I overate. Have I overeaten since then? No, right? How has my track record been with having access to what would have been previously bingeable foods in the house absolutely fine so looked at the calories it's like 180 calories for a donut same amount of calories it would be in my magnum that I have every single day and I sat down last night and I ate my donut and I couldn't stop laughing because I kept thinking of that sketch for still game now Davey with the donuts oh (laughs) you want a donut boys (laughs) and um ate my donut enjoyed my donut and that was that and the rest of them are sitting in the cupboard and I felt no inclination to have any more of them right which for me is a major major success because I would have eaten the five of those donuts driving in the car on the way home right so like there's something about giving yourself the ability to test out your new behaviors and check if they're being successful right however see last week when I was hungrier would I fuck have had five donuts in the house because there was a high chance that I would have sat and ate all five of those donuts because I was hungrier my cravings were higher so I had to adjust my behavior that meant that I was still satisfying the craving but I was giving myself more food first right so that appetite was killed and I wasn't walking myself into a potential situation of overeating but that takes to understand my trends and my patterns and my behaviors on a day-to-day week-to-week level and most importantly to reflect back to last month's period and the period before that and the period before that and say how do I normally behave around this time I feel like a fucking gazelle I feel like my endurance is so high and I don't feel necessarily strong but I feel like I could run a marathon when I'm on my period like I'm quite fortunate that way sometimes I have a bad one where I can't walk right but and genuinely can't walk like I go numb for the waist down like my legs genuinely go like numb to the point where it's fucking painful to walk sometimes. So on those periods, obviously, I ain't fucking. Uh, you're not fucking gone anywhere. I'm not even gone for your donuts. I know, I'm not even fucking gone for my donuts. So on the weeks where I feel like I've got that level of endurance, I know like I'm feeling good and strong in my body. So all of this is psychological, but again, that takes consistent reflection on my behavior and then doing something with the information. Like yeah. this is the bit that. I think so many people with like when a miss when you learn this new thing or you have this insight what are you doing with that piece of information to change it for the next time yeah no it's so true and I think this is why so many people so many people just struggle to to not react emotionally because everyone in these situations always react emotionally and you've got this whole this whole saying of like 
I know I can give great advice, but I can't I can't give it to myself. Like I can't take it myself. And I think that's bollocks, to be honest, because what's self-awareness there for if you can't actually take and apply the information? And obviously, sometimes you're going to need help, you're going to need support, you're going to need accountability. We're not saying that stuff's not important. But if you can't see the light through the trees with what you need to do with that information and how you go about shit in a different way, you need to then reach out for the support. You need to reach out for the help. And I actually reflect on probably the period I've just been through. Like got married was back in the UK twice. I was only planned for once, but I was back in the UK twice. Um, got sick for like two months, went on my honeymoon. My two mates then came to live with me. And I feel as if I've just not been operating on the level that I normally have been. And you know that way, but I was thinking back to like some of the best times in my life where I've got so much shit done in one day and I've been fulfilled. Not that I wasn't doing what I had to do or training like I had to train. Like it's probably still fucking way better than most people's standards. But I was thinking to myself, I feel like I'm losing hours in the day here. And I feel as if I need to get ahead. So what needs to change? Mark, remember when you got up at 4.30 in the morning, you used to feel so energetic when you trained first thing. What does that do for you? Well, you've only got one car just now. So if you want to go to the gym, you have to take Joanne to work. And that straight away, because the traffic means that you're doing a one hour and a half round trip each day. So if you got up and trained in the morning, you have a, a two hour window of when you wouldn't have been up before and another hour and a half back for when you would usually take the car. There's three and a half hours. What the fuck could you do with that? And ever since I made that change and made that tweak, I'm like, oh my God, why am I getting so much shit done? This is fucking incredible. This is so good. Like my, even my eating pattern is even more on point than it was like I actually felt before when I was going up a wee bit later because I usually don't eat until like late morning, kind of early afternoon. I was getting hungrier earlier and it was just because it was, a, it was an overall energy issue plus probably a bit of a stress issue because I know that I start to want more food when I'm more stressed. Like again, that's the byproduct of having a, a binge eating disorder before. So if I feel as if I'm playing catch up through my day, it's like, right, okay, what cupboards do I usually keep the chocolate in? What, what, what do I usually keep in the fridge? I'm looking for something you know what I mean and then when I open the covers in the fridge and that's why I don't buy things for myself I then go oh fuck right you prick you're stressed <laughs> if you're looking for it that's a hundred percent same thing that's why I don't have that huge availability because yeah. when there's nothing there I can recognize I'm not here for this thing I'm here for something that I'm not going to find in the fucking fridge exactly exactly and the thing is like I think you'll always go through periods sometimes where you want to calibrate things a little bit more and not be as flexible because even these things, when you have them consistently as well, I think you get not not necessarily bored of them, but sometimes you're like, just feeling a little bit more sluggish. What could give me a little bit more energy? Like you go through phases, because there was a phase a while ago where I was having a fucking almond croissant every day. You know what I mean? And I was fucking loving it. And I could, and I could have it. It wasn't like doing any any damage to the goals that I wanted to achieve. But then I was like, is it really benefit my energy as good as something else could be in place of those calories? And right now when I'm going through this like season of I've got big things I want to push for, for me, it's like there's no room for error here. Everything needs to be tight. Everything needs to be in place. And there's nothing to say that further down the line, circumstances in life that I've not worked through, because I've never really worked through a health issue that's lasted that long. I've never got married before. <laughs> I've never uh, went on a honeymoon before. I've never had mates stay with me with a baby <laughs> for a week. Like all of these things happening at once have now given me the understanding and the awareness of if things crop up in the future and disrupt my health, they disrupt my routine and structure. And I don't have the availability of my office, for example, because fucking they were sleeping in here. I can then say, right, what systems did you know served you at that point? And you can go back to focus on them so that you don't get in that routine of diminishing your energy because you're out of out of sync and out of your normal kind of algorithm. And how can you tighten that up in places where you're maybe giving yourself a wee bit too much flexibility here as well? And not buying stuff um, 
and some people will listen to that because everyone will have a like preconception of it and be like, well, you still should if you're allowed it. But generally, I would just eat it for the wrong reasons. And I know, I know that I would the majority of the time, the majority of the time, because most of the time I can go nowadays and weeks without this stuff because I know how it complements my energy. But the good thing about it is I can then decide if I really do want something because I've got a shop that's 700 or 750 steps away. So if I go, you know what, I'm not coming here purely just for fucking emotion and to like avoid something, to run away from something and I actually go, I actually want it. I'll go, right, well, do you know what? It's worth fucking walking to the shop for to go and get it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. For me, I think that's what flexibility and freedom with food is. Yeah. Like for me, flexibility and freedom with food is knowing I'm in a more emotional, stressed, like I've just come hot off the heels of an extensive burnout period. So like, I knew that in that period of time I had to go through almost like a like a reset, like almost like a simulation of I'm going to reset on the very foundations and patterns, exactly as you say, that I know will serve a state of mind. And then once my behaviours have served a state of mind, because shocker, it doesn't operate the other way about, right? Yeah. Once my behaviours have like set a state of mind, then I can be in a position to say, right, okay, what do I fancy this week? What am I going to have as my something sweet each day that I can have in the house and having it in the house and having it and enjoying it and that being the end of it? That for me is freedom and flexibility around food. But if I'm in a highly emotional state, like that's that food's going to fucking jail me. That food's not going to make me fee- feel free because it's going to sit on my mind and it's I'm going to know that it's there and then I'm going to go to the cupboard for it and eat it fucking mindlessly. So like for me, the freedom and the flexibility around food is being able to make empowered decisions that are best for me and those decisions are going to look different in different days do you know what I mean and for me like it's one of those things where I remember I used to think like I I never want to lose like my the joy that I get from food and it's like but actually how much emotion should you be getting for food right like should you be getting that level of like joy from food probably not like you can still find joy in something without it being a main source of joy, right? And that's something I think that a lot of people miss out on as well, is that, like, if I'm, like, we went out for dinner on Saturday night, we went to a Caprese Don Constanzo, which is my favourite Italian. Oh, good, man. So good. And I got um, I got bruschetta, and then I got, sorry, bruschetta, is the Italian pronunciation, before Italian folks shout at me. And I got... I know she'll she'll pull me up, um, and then I got a uh, spaghetti like it was a garlic chili olive oil spaghetti with king prawn, right? And it was fucking amazing. And I'm like that for me is joy and food. Yeah. Like I've made choices in line with what I know will fit the goals that I have at the moment, but I've genuinely sat mindfully enjoyed every bit. Had a nice night with my husband and called it a day. It's not been a, I'm fucking shattered and can't be arsed cooking what's ordered a munchie box. Like that's not joy and food. That's not freedom and flexibility, even if you're trying to convince yourself it is. Yeah. And I think there's something that when people talk about flexibility and freedom with food, they I feel like they misunderstand how much relevance food should have in your life. Yeah. Like I still get so much joy from food, but I love to cook. So that's the whole process for me, but it's not my main source of joy. I'm not looking forward to and thinking about what am I going to eat next? Like that's not right. Do you know what I mean? 
I think like what I kind of what I'm thinking about when you're talking about this is like when me and you send each other like food stuff and you're like right next time we've got an event or doing a podcast the day before we need to go here and get this cake and to kind of sum up like flexibility and freedom here what we would not do on that day is get up and have a fry up and then get the cake because we know we wouldn't enjoy the cake either we know that we would be full it would push us past that point of fullness we would just be treating ourselves like fucking a garbage disposal and then we would we would question whether or not it was it was worth it. And if anything, people that do then tend to, to operate a lot of that more when they are fuller because of that kind of, sh- not even the shame or the guilt, it's sometimes even just the feeling. When you're so connected emotionally to the food, you then go, oh, do you know what? The only thing to make me feel better is the food. So then you just keep on filling up, filling up and filling up, filling up. And what you then get out of sync with when it comes to flexibility and freedom with food is where your point of fullness actually is. It's not to the point where you're in so much pain that you cannot fucking, you can't move. And you'll know this, at, like I know this so well. And don't yeah. get, see if that happens, it should be a mistake. Yeah. It should be a mistake. See that way where like, if you're at a restaurant and the food is just fucking incredible. Starter's been great. You've tried some of your partners. It's been fucking great and all. You've tried your pals, fucking great and all. Yours is banging. Then the main course is the exact same. Everyone's is brilliant. You're getting a wee bit of effort in. Then you're like, couldn't really go dessert, but look at these desserts. Everything else has been banging, so well, we just have the dessert anyway. Like, it should happen by mistake like that when it's not really planned, and it shouldn't be like a regular thing. It should really be in circumstances and situations where you know it's fucking worth it. You know, it's, it's actually, and I would like to kind of flip this to the other side just for a second, because I, I a lot of the time, people probably won't see what I do behind closed doors, but my, my life is very fucking simple. I work, I train, spend time with my wife, spend time with my dog, um, and that's fucking pretty much it I watch some sports but in between that anything I watch that's not with Joanne just to like have a bit of downtime with her is all orientated around building like the strongest mindset you possibly can to push through physical, mental and emotional forms of pain so I think on the flip side of discussing food in this way and like appropriately planning for when that mistake should happen because you can still kind of plan ahead and be like you know what I am going to make sure that I am not filling myself up that day because I want to have everything at that restaurant. I think the same goes on the other side for the people who aren't willing to push past their pain threshold a little bit as well and like carry that stress over into something that many people would look as look at as detrimental. Like I think all my all the clients know that we that I've, I've watched the the last dance with Michael Jordan like fucking fifty times, right? And there's an episode in that where he gets food poisoning when he's playing in like the the NBA finals and he he still plays that game he's been up sick all night he's like chalk white he's sweating he's panning and he still scores like the most in the game plays like the majority of the minutes and he had fucking food poisoning and I'm thinking to myself like sometimes that is necessary but like people that aren't willing to sometimes hit that peak and do whatever it takes to win and be at their best they don't understand it and I think when you've got that mindset towards something as simple as food, you can understand that mindset towards like the detriment of potentially your health to a bigger goal like that that means a lot to you. It's like when I was doing that charity hike uh, years ago and I failed coming down the first one uh, when we were climbing the cobbler, it was like 100 peaks accumulatively and so many people were doing it throughout the day and I said I was going to do six. I was coming down the cobbler and I was a fucking fanny. I basically ran and climbed up at the first time and then I was coming down the back, slipped, fell and broke my coccyx. But I never realised that I'd, I'd done that at the point. I just knew I was in a lot of pain. But I said, like, a former client fucking committed suicide that I worked with years ago. This is for her. This isn't about me. Like, I want to make sure I follow through and do what I said I was going to do. So I continued to climb the other six. By the time I got to the last one, like, I was fucking struggling. Like, I could hardly walk. 
And then coming back down, well, funny story, I'd been carving up and all that, like all the way through it, to the point where I actually had to take the biggest shite I think I've ever seen in my life. I did that. No, but I had to do it. I had to do it like up against a tree, right? I had to do it like up against a tree because I couldn't, I couldn't like go into the squat position because my because my coccyx, right? So I was like, I was like hinging. So I was doing like an RDL, but I wasn't like hinged completely over. And I was trying to, you know, that way. In fact, you won't know this. You won't know this. But like when you're a guy, when you're like peeing into the toilet, like you're trying to pee into the water. So like you push a wee bit harder so it goes in the water and it doesn't just fucking trickle all over the seat and all that. I was trying to like push this out so hard (laughs) that it wouldn't like run down my legs or anything like that. Or fall into my trousers. Um, but fair, I think coming down that fucking the rest of that hill cake and shite would have been a lot worse. And oh, oh, no, this was after it. This was after it. This is when they were all done. To be fair, so oh. like I could have shot myself. I shot myself, but like someone else was taking me home, and I didn't know why we covered shite. <laughs> so, right, um, like I think when you can understand a simple concept like that and understand when it's appropriate to kind of push and pull with your food accordingly, you can also understand when big goals mean a lot to you and when it's appropriate to maybe put yourself more at risk to achieve it. Because everyone will look at optimal sometimes. What's the optimal flexibility? What's the optimal freedom? What's the optimal amount of times to drink per month and how many drinks to have and the optimal fucking macronutrient split and the optimal... I know, I know, and the optimal like recovery like process, like it's even now, like a lot of the guys are obviously training for high rocks. And anyone that's came to me saying like they've had a shite session, eh, their legs are heavy, their legs are sore, so they didn't perform. I'm like, good. You're going to have tired legs on that day. Like yeah. right now, you might be wanting to think, oh, I, I, I might not train my legs because my legs are tired. But fucking half an hour into high rocks, they're going to be fucked. What are you going to do then? So I know. the best thing that you can do is get to t- like. The best thing that you can do is get an understanding of what being in that environment feels like and understanding that you're capable so that further down the line as well, when things do crop up, you can be more objective. Because yeah. when I do hard things, I go, Mark, look back in these things that you've done. This this isn't as hard as what you've done then and you had the resolve to push through it. So what's the fucking difference here? But the objective standpoint is I'm fucked. I can't do this. I'm doubting myself. What if people find out my fraud? Blah, 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 blah. But then I just go back to that subjective view of it and go fucking calm yourself down. You've done it before to some extent, maybe in a different area. Just trust yourself and fucking see it through one step at a time, one climb at a time, one rep at a time, whatever it is. And that's yeah. how you need to understand that kind of process of change to some degree works inside your mind. And the people that don't expose themselves to it enough are always the people who are dipping their toe in it and don't understand the relevance of it. So then don't get the concept. Yeah, 100%. And I think something that struck me there when you were talking that I think we have so present that a lot of people miss is that sense of contribution. So like you say, like the reason you were able to get up like all of those hills with a fractured coccyx is because it wasn't about you. Yeah. It was about, you know, honouring the memory of someone else like who's tragically lost their life. Like that that's so much more important than any of the things that you feel towards the activity that you're doing. And, I remember when I ran my first half and obviously I was raising money for Glasgow East Women's Aid because they supported me through, you know, navigating coming out of an abusive relationship. And I remember posting my Instagram that day. I was like, none of this is for me. This is for like the two women a week who are murdered in abusive relationships. Like it's nothing to do with me. So at any point that I feel a point of pain, then it's it's literally nothing to do with me. You can't even connect to that. And like I said that to the guys this morning, like I did um, one of the first uh, Metcons this morning and like, it was one of the things where I'm like, objectively, this is hard, 
but subjectively I feel fucking brilliant doing it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like who gives a fuck? Like I looked like I looked like a psychopath. I'd sweat dripping into my eyeballs and I'm fucking stomping about the gym like an absolute psychopath. Like I get dressed in the dark because it was six six o'clock in the morning when I was getting ready. Like so I <laughs> genuinely looked fucking mental. My hair was like this, right? Like I looked like a fucking psychopath now. I fucking love this. I love looking like the most mental cunt in the gym. And then oh. um, I, I was on the road and like my quads were like burning, burning. And I was like, good. Like, because I remembered you saying you need to learn how to do these things and tired legs. And I can remember feel, like running as well and running the halves. Like, no matter, like at the point of which I'm like, I cannot fucking continue. You don't have any choice or you don't get to finish. So like, it's one of the things I said that to the guys this morning, like, the fear you have around an event or the fear you have around a training session is a total false fear. You cannot be scared of something that you have not experienced. Like you cannot be scared of these things that don't hold any emotional attachments. Like these are completely objective scenarios and how you respond to them will determine how you feel about yourself. And I was talking to the guys on Monday night in open office and I was talking about like this time of year, I think, People struggle in a general sense. Like, obviously, if you live in Scotland, we get winter for fucking five months, right? It's been winter really since the middle of September here. Like, it's fucking freezing. The weather is miserable. It is dark. Like, but guess what? This happens every fucking year. Reality. Fucking reality. Every fucking year. And if you're like me and you have no intention of moving to a different country anytime soon, you need to learn how to respond to it, but also how to adapt your behaviours to accommodate it, Right. Previously, I would probably go and train like middle of the day and I'd go for a walk in the morning. Now it's pitch black and I live next to a park that's not lit. And as a woman who has experienced the things that I've experienced, I'm not walking in a dark park myself. So I need to adapt my schedule to accommodate that, meaning I now train in the morning and I'll walk through the day, right? But like the thing that really fucks me off is that when people experience these things at this time of year and go I feel a certain way about that therefore I'm not doing it like somebody said to me like oh it's fucking it's miserable and blah 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 and I'm like but it's miserable every fucking year like it's never ever going to change so are you just going to be miserable in the misery right and like use this as a continued excuse to do fuck all are you going to learn how to have a better relationship with this and how to change your perception of it like if you're leaving yourself all that space and time to decide whether or not you're going, you're not committed to changing the behaviour. If you leave everything up to a decision on how you, based on how you feel about it, you're never going to build a mutual relationship with the thing. So if you decide what you're eating that day and then fucking get fear to plug it all into my fitness pal at the end of the day, or you decide whether or not you're training that day from the moment that you open your eyes, you're never ever going to develop a neutral relationship with these things that require them, that you require to have to make them behaviours and make them part of who you are. Like, you should feel neutral and ambivalent towards most of these things. Like, you shouldn't find joy in the vast majority of these things. Like, either will be moments where you're like that was a great session or I've had a really good week like but in all honesty like until this week I've had a shit week after shit week after shit week since the middle of September and it has not changed the way that I have decided to show up for myself because whether I feel like shit or whether I feel great I still choose to treat myself with respect 
that's the difference. I don't see myself as deserving or undeserving of respect on the basis of the emotions that I'm feeling. I deserve the respect whether I feel like I do or I don't. That's the bit that people are missing. That's the the, the objective, like, mm-hmm. standpoint of it. And, you know, I always like to kind of dumb this down to very simple terms, right? How many days do you like going to your work? How many days do you like getting stuck in traffic? You still fucking do it anyway. What would happen if you didn't turn up to your work? Exactly. And, like, see, if you think about it from that perspective, you then realise that, well, I've got my work because I have to. Don't maybe enjoy it, but like I need to go, and it doesn't matter how I feel about it that day. Yep. I still just have to show up. And you're like, well, see if you treated everything else in your life in the exact same way, even if it was the best session, the worst session, the greatest run, the shittest run, whatever it is, whatever your preferred form of exercise is, and you actually just showed up consistently like you did to work every day, or how often you got into your car every day. 12 weeks down the line, 16 weeks down the line, six months down the line, imagine where you'd be and imagine how you'd see yourself. And that is obviously the, the part that, the, that people are missing. And I think, again, there as well, what you said about like people doing it for contribution and doing it for purpose. Like I honestly think if if it's all just about you, something's going to come around in life that is far bigger and tougher than you and it's going to hit you and it's going to, it's going to really test your resolve, it's going to test your resilience and most of the time when people see that opportunity to quit, they will take it because they'll start to think, why has this happened to me instead of, why not me? Why has this not happened to me? This happens to everyone every day. Like I love that conversation around this, especially when it comes to injuries, especially because our clients are working towards performance goals. If someone gets an injury, I'm like, why not you? I say, I say like, yes, you're maybe comparing yourself to everyone else that's maybe doing high rocks and they're a week ahead of you because you've had to take a week off from injury, but they could get injured next week. There's nothing to say they couldn't get injured next week. So, if anything here, like this is just giving you the opportunity. It's a good thing this has happened because it would have happened at some point. This could have happened a week out from High Rocks. It's better that it happened now so that we can actually look at how we can rehab it and get the right work on it. And I honestly believe when people take that opportunity to quit, it it, it stays with them and it catches up on them with everything else that they do in life. So it then comes back to haunt not only them, but their wife, their husband, their kids. Like they, they, they quit because they can't handle the stress and pressure and there's a direct correlation between how much stress you can handle and how much pressure uh, yeah. you can sorry success there's a correlation between how much um, stress and success obviously work together mm-hmm. and it's all to do with like how much the, the pressure you can handle and the, the higher up the chain that you get with your ability to perform under stress the more stressful the circumstances become um, yeah. like so for example me first starting out in business years ago um, I would make a small investment to myself that I thought was a big investment at the time. As I continue to grow, I need to pay staff, I need to pay systems, I need to continuously evolve and learn and develop my craft. Now that I'm getting up the chain, the investments are way higher. Yeah. They are they're far more detrimental to money that I need to have in the bank for security, for example. Right. And at that point, what am I going to do? Say, no, nah, it's it's too much money when I'm dedicated to bettering myself and improving my craft because, again, I'm supposed to look at things objectively. So I do it because I know that it has to be done, yeah. not whether or not I want to part with that cash or not. And that that's probably a big issue for many people that won't invest in themselves when they have to to get the right help and the right support as well because they don't look at it from from that perspective. They just see it as a huge investment because they're not, they're not used to spending anything on themselves bar luxury items and nights out and things yeah. that them to, to escape from how they've been feeling. And when you are chasing that, like I think a lot of people would like to think that they would like to operate at that level in life, but you need to think about it as, if you've ever done like a scuba diving in the ocean and the further down you get, the more pressure there is, or even if you've just been in a fucking swimming pool because you know you get pressure the further down that you go, you need to think of it like that. 
the further up you get in the chain of performance, body composition, business, whatever it is, the pressure just intensifies and it only continues to intensify. The only difference is your ability to tolerate it and your ability to handle it and your ability to look at it from an objective standpoint. And like we've got so many, we've got so many clients as well that, and so many people listening to this will be similar that still get so caught up over the people in their corner and their opinions of them. Yeah. And again, this all comes down to your ability to look at it objectively. Like what were you looking for from them? People talk about rejection from job roles. And again, as they're going after this job role, it's like this job role is going to be the thing that saves my life. So you know what? I've not trained or looked after myself at all for the past four weeks. Makes zero, that literally makes zero sense. Um, Whereas the way that you should be thinking about things is I need to get really good at rejection so I can look at it objectively. Like this should always be the mindset, flip it. Like don't, don't do this from a place of, don't act like this from a place of emotion or reflect on it or see it like from that subjective standpoint. Just think about, well, what is this going to do for me? Because so many clients, especially, there's always there's always going to be clients we work with that can take me being a bit harsher, same with you, and a bit more direct than other people. And there's so many that will come to us that can take that because that's their character as well and they appreciate that directness where they'll come to me with a problem and I'll be like, good. Yeah. Fucking good. Great problem to have. That's a privileged problem, really, in, in all seriousness. And um, sometimes people have said to me, like, you just keep saying good about these problems. And I'm like, because they're fucking good problems to have. 100%. Like, it means you're moving up the ladder. It means that you're coming into this uncharted territory. These are all good things because there's always going to be something good that comes from something bad. Yeah. So there's no point in even looking at it being a bad thing anyway. It's okay, how do I get out of it? How do I move past it? And I'm looking forward to seeing what's on the other side. A hundred percent. What can I take for it? Like, yeah. as a, what is it taking for me? But I think like this is this is another thing that I kind of said to the guys on Mondays. Like, I think people who that's what I notice about people who make progress at this time of year, and I know you'll see this as well, is that they are always more successful overall. 100%. Like the people who make progress amongst challenge and difficult circumstances are always more successful overall because their tolerance for pain their tolerance for challenge gets bigger and bigger and bigger so the challenge and the pain doesn't change but their tolerance and their adaptations that they make to get through it the capacity for that gets bigger and if you bow out every single time something gets difficult you're never going to grow your tolerance like for challenge you're never going to grow your ability to be able to, to persist through difficult times and a huge component of emotional intelligence and being more intelligent in your emotions is allowing yourself to feel and label the emotion that it is you're feeling, provide a way for yourself to process that emotion and then being able to behave in the way that you want to intentionally, regardless of the emotion that you're feeling. And that means being realistic about the emotion that you're feeling and the impact that it's going to have. So like, I know you were speaking to the guys about this and like we spoke to a few clients about this this week. Like if you're in mental zone five, you're not going to try and perform in physical zone five. It makes no fucking sense. And that is emotionally unintelligent to expect yourself to be like, I'm just going to go and fucking beast myself because of how I'm feeling. That's so stupid, right? We've all been there and we'll all have those moments where, we know I'm going to benefit from this as an outlet, but using it as a distraction and use it as an outlet are two very different things. And I think I just find it it's it's not even so much frustrating because it's not about me and my emotions as a coach, 
but it's challenging to support somebody through when they're going through that period of time where you can you can you can see the sequence oh, yeah. like almost sort of playing out where it's like overinflated high standards and expectations yeah. then thing that impacts their ability to put those overinflated standards and expectations into place then the shame and guilt around not doing it keeps them paralyzed and then we go back to square one of i've had another week where i've not been able to do this and the frustrating part about it is the the lack of recognition that it's because the emotions not have nowhere else to go so of course they're going to influence your decision making because you're not giving them anywhere else to go you're not giving them anywhere else to be processed so they have to go somewhere like your your emotions will always live within you they all have a role they all have a part to play like they all have a presence and you might think that you're ignoring them or handling them, but like you're probably just fucking distracting yourself from them from them even further. But that doesn't mean that they have to become present and influencing all the decisions that you make in your day to day. And like when like I said this to the guys again, and I know like that's obviously the subject of what we're speaking about today, but like you're never ever going to stop wanting this. Like if you've wanted this as a way of life for your whole life, like I was thinking about this and I was training this morning because I was like me a year ago like the, don't get me wrong that session this morning was like tough but it wasn't like hello i didn't have to stop it didn't kill me right but me a year ago wouldn't have been able to do fucking one round of that without dying off and i was like how fucking lucky am i that me a year ago tuned into that emotion that i was feeling and did something about it like tuned into the emotion and found a way of processing it as opposed to just getting fucking annoyed at myself that it wasn't where I expected it to be or wasn't where I wanted it to be. Well, do you know what? I hadn't earned the right for it to be where I wanted it to be. Like, just because I wanted it didn't mean it was just going to fucking come into fruition like that. Just because you want something doesn't mean that it just fucking moves its way out of your mind and into a physical reality. Like, if I want that, then I have to go and create it. And it's only with a year's worth of work and consistency and showing up and dealing, by the way, with all of the shit that was bubbling under the surface, even though my ego didn't want to accept it wasn't dealt with, it wasn't dealt with. So I had to accept the reality of where I was now or where I was then, let go of what I wanted the reality to be, accept the reality and then start to make the work to change it. So I hadn't earned the right for what I wanted to be there. It's only now that I can reap the rewards of that because I've earned the right to want it because I've spent the last year trying to fucking create it. And it's one of those things where I'm like, until you achieve it and until you get there and until you feel like you are there, your want for it is never going to waver. Like your desire for this way of life is never going to leave. I have wanted this since I was a fucking, like 18, since I was a teenager. I've wanted this kind of way of life. Like, so I'm never going to stop wanting it till I get it. The goals that you've set every fucking January for your entire lifetime are not going to go away until you achieve them. So telling yourself that it's not the right time or I'm trying my best or I'm, I don't know what it is that's not causing the problem, well, go and fucking find out. Oh <laughs> because my your, your desire for this ain't going anywhere. It's only going to keep haunting you every fucking year that you don't do it. Oh, and you're going to just start off from a poorer position every single time. Because again, when you don't have that support and you're not going on that journey and you're not more self-aware and you're not looking at things so objectively, you're just going to go back to doing things in such an exacerbated manner that you just intensify how quickly you take yourself back to starting point and beyond. And then it's an even 
quicker. Like it's an even quicker process you're looking for because now you're even worse off and you want a process that's just going to give you it like that, um, even though you've never been able to achieve it. And that's where we see a lot of people sometimes coming to us with this preconceived notion of what the program's all about. And if I see things from people that are repeating themselves, like their behaviours that they've talked to me about before joining the program, I'm like, right, stop, right, stop right there. We're just not dieting right now. Like there's yeah. literally no point in us dieting right now because you're going to end up leaving here. We're going to be another tarnished name and I actually care more about your well-being than I do the fucking result. But I, I care about the result that you want and I care about the fact that you want that result and I'll help you get there, but only under the right circumstances. But sometimes people also don't like that because you're not delivering to them what it is that they demand because yeah. they want it so badly. Um, but it just it's just more powerful when you're around more people that think the same way as well. So like yeah. people that are trying to do it on their own, they're starting it a, a million times over or they're jumping from coach to coach. Actually, just look at a program, a coach that has like a community of people that look like they're thriving, look like they're doing incredibly well, look like they connect extremely well with one another, look as though they're fucking happy, mm-hmm. you know? And success leaves clues. <laughs> yeah. Success does leave clues. So I think people do have to become a wee bit more, a wee bit more accountable to themselves for what they actually need. Um, because there's also this, this, almost this expectation that we should deliver the result when it's not actually us that deliver the result, it's then the deliver the results. And we, and we if, we could, if we could deliver results, we would be fucking millionaires. <laughs> we would be fucking millionaires, by the way. We would have cracked it. We would have cracked 100%. it. And the thing is, we, we can help you get the result. We can deliver you the information and the support and the accountability that you need to get the result. Yeah. But even just on my mind throughout this full thing as well, like I'm just thinking to myself, like as a as an individual who's maybe wanting to progress. Ask yourself the question, when was the last time that you done what would seemingly be hard things objectively? So for example, I was talking about getting up at half four in the morning just now. Most people would go, I'm not fucking getting up at that time. Fuck that. It's a fucking point getting up at that time. It's fucking dark, it's cold, it's wet outside, my bed's better. I, I feel shite at that time in the morning, blah, 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 blah. I usually feel shite because you wake up at that time in the morning and you roll back over. How is that anything to say that you don't feel better? So I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, when was the last time that you dedicated yourself to doing something like that that you would perceive as hard for a consistent uh, amount of time and realised how it started to transform the way that you think? Yeah. You know, especially if you want more time doing particular things, you might want more time um, on your own in the morning if you have kids before your kids get up. You might want to sit and read a bit of a book. You might want to have a coffee in peace. You might want to, like, you know... People think they don't have this time, but they've, they've got so much fucking dead time that they could be utilising, but they're just placing their focus and their attention, their energy in their own places by staying up too late at night because they are unhappy. Whereas if they actually got to bed earlier, got up earlier, they realise that they'd enjoy the things that they done at night. Like it's all so connected. Yeah. And that's why coaches is important and listening to them is important and engaging with the, the process is important. <laughs> and, and having that intentional investment in your time yeah, and energy. Yeah. You cannot spend what you have not earned. Like, and I think a lot of the time people have the very much, like, I've got cash in my hand, so I'm going to spend it now. Like, when was the last time you made a long-term investment? And and I don't mean financial. I'm talking your behavior. Like, when was the last time? Like, 
I am only now drawing the fucking dividends. I'm only now, only now is my investment paying out four fucking years down the line. <laughs> only now is the compound interest of this long-term investment paid out to become a way of life. And guess what? I'm still on the fucking journey. Like, I'm still on the journey. I just have certainty and assurance now of what the journey looks like and I don't have doubt in its success because I know now I'm creating the success. But like, that's taken me four fucking years of consistent effort and consistency looks different in different days. I have gone months with only periods of weight gain, not weight loss. Like, and I'm talking extreme weight gain and then extreme weight loss. Like I had to go through all of those things to get the compound interest of who I am now. And I've had to invest in myself in different ways over that period of time. But that means accepting every version of myself. Yeah, and accepting yeah. every person that I've become at all of these different times and you cannot want these long-term huge monumental shifts in who you are and how you live your life without being willing to make sacrifice to invest in them like if you're not investing that energy and that in that intentional time like, you're not getting up at half four in the morning and then just dicking about like a fucking fart in a trance like you're using that time Yep. from an invested perspective right and the invested perspective for somebody else might look like getting up before their kids and having a coffee and peace and getting some fresh air like yep. it's going to look different for you but know what your what your time is for use it intentionally not fucking reactively when you use your time intentionally you're showing yourself i deserve to have this time spent on the thing that i want like and anybody who maybe is listening to this and thinking about embarking on a health and fitness journey you're probably going to wait to the new year and that's okay I honestly think that a lot coaches a lot of the time at this time of year will sell their programs on the basis of don't wait until January don't wait until January do you know what see if you would join the now fuck about for six weeks and then commit in January anyway just fucking join in January right it's not a big deal if you're going to commit more to yourself then then 100% go with it but don't just commit to an outcome that you want. Commit to an investment, consistent investment in you, and make peace with the fact that you won't see the you won't see the payout in that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because how long? Like, I mean, this didn't even start four years ago for you. It started ten years ago for you, longer than that, you know. And the same for me. Before I even knew, I wanted to become a personal trainer, a coach, like help people with their health and fitness, their mindsets. Like I had no fucking idea, but I just had trust that I would build the portfolio and I would build the evidence and I would build the the money in the bank to go, right, this is the direction you're going to take yourself in because I invested to bettering myself regardless of which way I was going to do it. And I was actually having a conversation with a guy on Instagram about this. We had a really good conversation. I just asked him why he started his journey. He's making really good progress and um, he was just saying that he knew he was dicking about and he was like, you know, I wanted more from my life and the only thing that I had access to was myself because I've not got like a job that I can, I don't like, he doesn't run his own business, doesn't have a job that he can move up the ranks with. He's not really getting any particular skills or talents that he knows of um, because everyone usually does have a skill or talent somewhere. They've just not tried enough things to kind of figure out what they're good at. Um, and I said the exact same thing. I, I said at the time, like, as much as like I was happy to get in good shape and I would have loved to get in good shape, the thing for me is I needed to learn discipline in my life. And my life has literally now been built off of me just working on myself from dedicating myself to go to the gym. So that's why I always question people, like what else can be be possible for you in your life if you're just committed to yourself wholeheartedly for a, for a very lengthy amount of time and seeing the opportunities that came from that? 
because every opportunity, as much as yes, obviously I've created it for myself by doing this, has been presented to me because I started it. Yeah. Like it's it's not just something that fell out the sky. It's the room I was in or the person I was talking to or the idea that I had about a a a, a business that I was I was building or dealing and so on and so forth. So that's what people need to see. Yeah. Because nothing ever bad has came from working in yourself. It's only the people that don't progress and look subjectively at things that think bad things come from it. And that's where the kind of victim mentality comes into play. But mm-hmm. if you can take the failures, look objectively and just commit regardless of what happens, you're going to be a fucking totally new person. Yep. Your life is going to look totally different. It's not just going to be you. Like Your life will look totally different. That's why I, I was actually speaking to another guy on social media as well. Um, and we were just talking about how we think everyone should go through like some form of very disciplined 12, 16 week, maybe six month, either physique goal, performance goal. Um, I'm not huge on the physique thing, taking it to the point of like sheer detriment around your food and all that sort of stuff but I do understand the purpose of it and there's always like a sweet point that you can take your physique to where you look fucking incredible but it's not too far where you've been tipped over the edge and your life's fucking shite but I believe at some point in life if people aren't practicing discipline elsewhere and they don't know how to practice that discipline they should just throw themselves into something like that to see what can come of it and that's why I think so many people are passionate about health and fitness and so many coaches can be quite pushy about selling you their services they probably just can't communicate it in the way that I've just communicated it. It's yeah. more, I know I am good at my job. Please just work with me and I'll show you how, you mm. know. Thing. <laughs> it's about you meeting the person that you will be on the other side of that challenge. That's yeah. the most important part. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, we round off there. That was a pretty good chat. We should, I, because I feel like we could easily do this for at least another hour. We might do like part two, but next week, actually, guys, this uh, podcast may be delayed next week. It's been in the podcast studio next week. Uh, we will be in the podcast yeah. next week so it depends on how quickly they get delivered we might record a wee one for you um, and then use that the following week we'll decide you might, you'll might. you see one from us next week anyway even if you'll hear from us either way right, exactly just stay tuned as always but guys thank you for uh, for always listening in we're, we're always open like we we always have an inbox open to anyone that wants to like ask us questions if this resonates with you just don't wait to to ask and like communicate like I don't know how many people I'll speak to on social media that I was I sent you someone and messaged me yesterday. Like I've opened up my messages to you so many times and I've just decided to close it. Like, how many people are probably in that position? Because that's not the first person that said that to me either. Like 100%. just send this message if you need some help and, and tell us what you're thinking. So yeah. we will see you at some point next week, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adios. Bye.